Welcome to Pushing the Limits, the show that helps you reach your full potential with your host, Lisa Tarmati, brought to you by lisatarmati.com. Today I have a special treat for you guys. I have David Liao on the podcast from the Sunshine Coast, originally a Kiwi. Now David is a legend in the fitness industry in New Zealand, Australia and Australasia. Uh, he has an MPHED from Otago University and was an occupational therapy lecturer in uh, rehabilitation, anatomy and kinesiology and then a senior lecturer in exercise rehabilitation and resistance training. He worked for a decade with High Performance Sport New Zealand and was the head trainer of the New Zealand Black Sox for two successful World Series campaigns. He's also uh, worked with golfers and a number of Olympic athletes in athletics, basketball, right through to uh, swimming. And he is a holistic movement coach. And today we're going to be diving into the topic of uh, light and blue light uh, blocking glasses, um, something that David has developed his own range of blue, lock, blue, uh, blue light blocking glasses and why you should be interested in this. We get into sleep, uh, dysfunctional sleep. We get into um, holistic movement and what that's all about. So a really, really interesting interview with David. Uh, before I go over to David, I just want to remind you my book Relentless is now available in the bookstores right throughout New Zealand. If you're listening from New Zealand, you can grab it at any bookstores around the country. Or, of course, if you're overseas or you want to grab it off my site, I'd love you to do that. You can go to relentlessbook.lisatarmity.com to do that. Um, just a reminder too, we also have uh, regular epigenetics webinars that we're holding. Our next one is on this Wednesday night, but if you're listening to this podcast later, go to epigenetics.lisatarmity.com for the next webinar. Now, this is all about our epigenetics health program, which is using the latest in genetic science to understand your genes and how to optimize them and what's to, what's the best environment for those genes. So, information about every area of your life from uh, nutrition of course and exercise what to eat when to eat how often to eat what types of exercise will suit your genes uh, right through to your social your mental your in intellectual talents that you may not be aware of what the way that your brain works right through to the neurotransmitters and the hormones that are dominant and how they will affect your personality so it's a really amazing insightful health program that we're using Using both with corporates and individual athletes and people interested in optimizing their health. If you want to check that out, go over to the programs tab on our website at lisatarmity.com. Right, now over to the show with David Liao. Well, hi everyone, Lisa Tarmati here back at Pushing the Limits and I am with David Liao. How are you doing, Dave? I'm very well this morning, thanks Lisa. You're over on the Sunshine Coast. I am, which is looking quite sunny this morning, and we had a, a lot of rain last night, but the sunny coast is the sunny coast today. Perfect. We've already uh, um, wrecked the morning for your whole family trying to get on this damn call <laughs> and waking your daughter up and getting your laptop and stuff like that, so I apologise to, you, to your family, but you, we've got you on here, so I'm really, really uh, privileged to have you on again, Dave. You're a return offender to my uh, podcast. Um, you were on a couple of years ago, I think it was. Yeah, so it was a while back. It was a while back, so really excited to catch up with you. And today we're going to be talking uh, a couple of different areas and we'll probably wander off path. But today, everyone, it's um, about light and blue light lock blocking glasses that you may have heard about and why this is important and sleep. Um, Dave's an expert in this area and has actually gone out and designed his own uh, glasses for people. Um, so we're going to be getting into all of that good stuff. But Dave, tell us what you've been up to in the last couple of years and what you do over there on the Sunshine Coast. So in the Sunshine Coast, I have a exercise physiology uh, clinic, which unfortunately is in uh, shutdown at the moment. So uh, we're on a, a we're doing a lot of remote work, which is why communicate well Zoom has yeah. become a, a big commodity here at the moment in my yes. household. Yes. Uh, so I also uh, mentor a group of. Uh, some of the best trainers in the world, uh, many of which are based in New Zealand, actually. So I work with that group there and take them uh, right through their education work. Um, I do a lot of presenting too, so um, often yeah, in yep. Asia but, yep. uh, and New Zealand. I spend a lot of time in New Zealand. In fact, I was in New Zealand pretty much the whole of February, just got back in time before uh, things went to custard. And you are so, a Kiwi, of course. I am, of course, a Kiwi, yes. absolutely. 
So we like um, to claim you. <laughs> but I've been uh, I've been over here for about ten years now. Um, but certainly, um, I still do a lot of work in New Zealand, in particular, and and a fair bit in Australia. Funny enough, because that's where yeah, I live. Well, yeah, and you have a hell of a reputation uh, in the in the personal training and the fitness training space. Um, you talk to anybody who's done anything, you know, above the sort of basic stuff, and they know who you are. Um, so you've got a long, long history. You are a holistic movement coach. Can you explain what that is? Absolutely. So, holistic movement coach. The idea is it's more than movement, and that's pretty much what the what the logo says. So, much more than movement, because what I found is, I guess I've been doing this for over twenty five years now, and what I've what I've always specialised in is the the mechanics of the body. Yeah. So I look at what's connected to what. Look at how the tissues work. Look at how joints work. Look at how people move, and that was my world. But what I found after a while is that's not enough. Yeah. Because we're more than just joints and levers, uh, so much more. Yeah. So if you don't look after the other part, and that's where the holistic part comes in, if you don't look after the whole person, after everything from their mindset, through to their sleep, through the nutrition, there's just no way you can, you can get your results. So yeah. you can have the best training program in the world, the best corrective exercise program in the world, but if if your mind's and you're stressed out of your brain and you're not sleeping, I don't care what you give someone. It's just not yeah. going to work. It's so funny that you come to the same conclusion. And we, I mean, a lot of people have of late, I think, as we do yeah. more research and starting to see. Also, when you're training somebody or two people and you're getting completely different results and you're giving them the same program and the same goals and they're the same type of person, same age or whatever. Yep. And you're like, why is that person getting results and they're not? So really being in that personal space is in that holistic looking at, because I, I truly believe like our mind is so like important for healing. You know, yes. it's not just mechanical, is it? It isn't just, when you've got a sore back, it isn't just a, necessarily about the back. Oh, no way. <laughs> Can you explain? And, and pain's so that? complex. And yeah. I know you've had some speakers talk about pain as well. <clears throat> pain's extremely complex. It's an output, not an input. So certainly when you're talking about pain and injury, there's so much going on in the brain with that. Sure, there's some mechanical parts that can have a role, but uh, I mean, the, the top two inches are, are just absolutely vital. And, you know, with your background, Lisa, you, you know that in terms of uh, high performance, but you can apply that to any field. Yeah. And, um, you know, I, I guess one of the big differences that, that, that I've come across is we're so focused on loading people. That's been our thing. How do we yeah. train people? How do we add more load onto people? That's adding more stress onto people. So, and, and you know, I'll talk at a conference. There'll be, you know, there might be uh, 50 talks on at the conference. Mm-hmm. 45 of them will be about loading, how to load people yeah. with kettlebells, how to load them with power bands, how to, how to Olympic lift. And those things are great. Don't get me wrong. And, and I teach those and I do those. But where's the other part about getting people recovering well, getting them in the right place? So one of the key fundamentals in Holistic Movement Coach is getting people in the right place so they can accept load. And that, that's a, a really big point of difference. So if you can get people in the right space, then you apply your load. You can apply whatever load you want and they'll be fine. But until you're in that space, you're going to have nothing but breakdown. Yeah, and this is like this is a real mind shift because, like, I know you've worked with a lot of elite level athletes, and you know, in in, in my stupid career, uh, and I don't count myself as an elite athlete. I count myself as one of those stupid, stubborn ones. But the the, I, I had that mentality, just go hard or go home, you know, go harder, go harder, go harder. It was always the answer. If I wasn't getting results, go harder. And and it took me a long time to realize, especially as I got older, that approach was no longer working. And how do you reconcile that for people that are in the elite space that are just used to going full bore and then they're suddenly not getting the results they used to get? Yeah, it's funny. I had a conversation with um, a group of athletes the other day, and and what I normally find is you are the classic woman high performance athlete. You really are. <laughs> so most of the guys, well, I always find individual athletes work harder than team athletes. Yeah. Um, ones that work in funded sports, and you know, they, yep. there's some great athletes there. And this is a, a massive generalization. Yeah, this is sorry for, but I totally sorry for any of my guys out there who are listening <laughs> to this are going, Hang on, when I was working with you, I worked hard, yeah. but you find that the individual athletes work harder. Yep. Most of the men, you need to kick up the ass to get them working harder. <laughs> Most of the women, you need to hold them back. Hold them back. So, <laughs> yeah, so you, you're the classic one, but you, you learned, you got smarter as, as you yeah. trained. 
Yep. And you know, I've, I've, I've read your journey and how, you, how you've run. You, yeah, you thank God for Neil, our, yeah. our mutual friend Neil, for pulling yeah. me back constantly. Yep. Going, hey, you, you were there to listen too. Yeah. Um, you know, when the, when, the, when the student's ready, um, the teacher appears. And, and, you know, you certainly, um, you know, you figured out some, some pretty cool stuff. And, you yep. know, that's the stuff that you apply in your program now. Yeah, so, exactly. um, yep. yeah. And having that, you know, that someone like Neil, because like, I would argue and argue and argue with him, but eventually I came around because what I was doing wasn't working. And then, <laughs> hello, he was right. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> Fancy that. I had to admit he was right <laughs> all along. But it is, it is, and it's a really hard shift. And I think, mm. you know, because you get away with a lot when you're 20. You do. When you're 40 and you're still trying to be at the top of your game or your mid-30s even, you start to have a different things going on and things aren't recovering yeah. as, as well as they were. Wow. And even though you're doing the same thing, it's just not more of the same. Yeah. So every decade, I reckon, you need a complete new approach. Yeah, you need you need to do it smarter. And I've got a uh, a guy who um, is in he's, he goes to the world championship um, uh, triathlon every mm-hmm. year, and he's mm-hmm. been doing that for I've been working with him for the last oh since I arrived here nine years now, and wow. he got his three fastest times last year. Wow. Actually, the last one was Malulabar, which is the last triathlon event before they um, close down all the events here. So he's getting faster and faster and faster. And, and you even know, he's older. Yeah. Wow. And he's, he's 50, 53 now. Holy and, heck. And what There's hope just, for me yet. Yeah. We had a chat the other day and we were laughing about it. And he's saying, you know, my three fastest times have been in my last, you know, my last year. Yeah. He said, yeah, we, we're actually starting to get the hang of it now. So look, we can, we can flip the age card and look, there is a part to play. I'm, and I'm, I'm yeah. getting on as well, but look at that experience you can bring to the table there. Totally. You know, and I'm often training with, with young guys and, and they're going, you're doing it right for an old guy. I say, you go really well for a young guy who hasn't got nearly the experience I have. Yeah. So, uh, but don't, yeah. Don't, don't ever compliment them. <laughs> so, <laughs> they can find out the hard way. No. Oh, too right. But, you know, there, there's, you know, there is, it just has to be done smarter. Yeah. So much yeah. smarter. And, you know, we all look at ourselves as young athletes and go, oh man, I had so much raw ability there but then you look at how you're training now and go boy i'm so much smarter now yeah, so yeah, yeah. you know if you can take the i'd much rather have a smart athlete than a raw athlete yeah uh, get combine the two and you've got something really special yeah and give that time and i think like now we're starting to crack and this is an area of, of study that really interests me is longevity for obvious reasons <laughs> i'm getting old and my parents are getting old and i yeah. want to keep everyone alive and healthy so that's the focus of my study in a lot of ways um and we are working things out now to slow that aging process and reverse a lot of the danger uh, a lot of the problems that we've caused ourselves so um i'm excited for some of the stuff i've been getting you know reading all sorts of stuff um, on peptides and all this sort of stuff yep. and just wishing I could get access to some of the stuff <laughs> um, and try it all out because I'm a, a true blue biohacker, you know, try everything out on your own body, um, see how it works. Um, and there's some amazing stuff coming and the information that's coming uh, down the pipeline, if we can just stay healthy long enough, we, we've got a good chance at living really long, healthy lives. I think, you know, in the next 10 years, there's going to be so much change happen that, you know, good things are going to happen if we're onto it and we know we're aware of what's coming in this space. So I'm really excited for the, you know, being able to maintain performance for longer and health, you know, health and longevity, you know, beyond the hundred. Mm. I think that that's, you know, well and truly possible. So exciting. Um, and, and of course, I love what you've just said there too, because health is that foundation. Yeah. You know, we call it health and fitness. I mean, it has to be health then fitness. You can't have one without the other. Oh, and, yeah. and I know, I know you had some real challenges in, oh, in yeah. your career there. And when that health goes, um, you can forget about the other part of it because it, it, it's just not going to last you. Oh, That's I mean, I'm still undoing some of the damage I've yeah. done to my body. Yeah. And I've managed to save my kidneys and get them back on track, but then mm. you know, hormones came into the picture and um, yep. you know, uh, troubles in the lady department and all that sort of jazz. Mm. That's knock-on effects and there's a lot to unravel if I'd done it differently um, back then and of course you know doing extreme ultra marathons brings with it dangers yeah. it's not you know it's not um, you know a couple of hours running around the roads it's doing really really at the limit things and what as a coach now I'm always like concerned sometimes I find myself like being that old mother bear that's like mm, don't, don't you know don't push that hard yeah. so go to that that the, those lengths because you know sometimes it's not worth it for a competition you know um, one, one of the things that I often 
find myself saying to people is they, you know, they, they equate uh, fitness with health, but boy, you know, that, that sport's not about health. Sport's no. about seeing how hard you can it's push yourself before yeah. you or your opponent breaks. Yeah. So, you know, and that is the, the pointy end of, of performance. So, you know, the way you've been pushing yourself, there's, there's, that's where you've, you've got to have everything covered. And that's where I love that approach you said about your health and getting all those bits and pieces there. Because if you can get all those, those bases covered, you have got potential to push yourself very well. But a lot of people don't bring that health to that, that base health to the, their base, to, yeah. to the table. In other so, words, yeah, high performance sport or extreme endurance sport in my case is not healthy in no. of itself. Um, mm. And I, like, I truly believe like I was extremely fit in one way. I could mm. run for hundreds of Ks, but I was sick. And if I look at myself and the way I looked and the way my body, my phenotype, my body was presenting, I mm. did not look healthy. Um, I, I look healthier. I look, funnily enough, more athletic now yeah. because I'm not holding all the fluid and my kidneys are working again. And my, you know, I was always four or five, I was quite puffy. You know, I was quite, um, I was always a muscular build, but I was puffy and unhealthy looking. And I always thought I was carrying weight, you know, and wondering mm. why when I'm doing millions of kilometers a year. And, um, and now uh, I know why, because my body was just complete and hormonal hell and adrenal hell. And, and, and so I was fit, but I was not healthy. Yep. And now for me, it's all about being healthy and longevity and having foundational health. Yeah. Um, and, and bringing that to your, your runners that you're working with in your groups, that's, yep. that's, um, you know, that's going to make a, a, a people enjoy what they do so much more and achieve yeah. great things. So that's the way it should be done. So yep. good on you for learning the lesson and, and bringing yeah. that out to other yeah, people. Yeah, exactly. And, and then being able to share the insights. And it's, it's funny that we both come to the same sort of conclusions. Well, it's probably logical. I suppose it's yeah. also a part of the age that we're at and, you know, having that maturity to be able to not just, it's not all just about macho call, go, go, go. It's about being you know, strategic. And, you know, when I look at a lot of young athletes that are, you know, it's all about their abs and it's all about, you know, how sexy they look. And that approach is also not healthy. Like it's not going to be healthy just because you're like ripped, um, especially when it comes to women. I think, you know, like we have this, you know, the ideal that isn't actually necessarily always a healthy ideal. Mm. It's a, it might look good and for five minutes in your bikini ideal but it's not exactly where you should be health-wise and hormonally and all of that sort of stuff yeah. we've gone completely off track because today was meant to tangent. be talking but i love talking to people like you so um let's get back to uh blue light blocking glasses um yep. and why why these are important what they do and how how does um having the wrong light at the wrong time affect your health mm. that'd be a good place well, I guess we need to kind of talk about light to start with. And, you know, if you think about the foundations of health, if we think about the foundations of who we are as, as humans, we've always been exposed to light and dark. Those are two things that have never changed. We've had, you have a, and the way that we've operated um, in, almost, in most cultures is that you are active in the day. That's the time you hunt, gather. And at night, that's the time you sleep. Because as cavemen and cavewomen, we weren't the fastest uh, beings or strongest. So if you go out hunting at night, unfortunately, that saber-toothed tiger's got better night vision than you have. Mm -hmm. So that's just not a logical time for you to go and do your thing. So we've always been exposed to that as a way of regulating where our system's at and where we are. Every cell in your body has a circadian rhythm. So yeah. a circadian means about a day. So every cell in your body knows has a certain function at a certain time. And um, there's a neat little Wikipedia article on this, which basically says the different times where your reaction time's best. And you, you know this yourself. You get up, you have a certain routine that you'll go through. There are times you'll feel hungry. There are times you'll go to the toilet. There are times that you're, you're most awake, most alert, times that you want to go to sleep. So we have a whole rhythm built into our behaviors and every single cell in our body has um, behaviors and actions that are, are governed by day and light. So this is one of the foundation rulers of how our body works. Absolutely. So, so okay, so what we've done in the last couple of hundred years, or I don't know how long we've actually had electric light, but ever since we've had electric light, we've tipped everything up on its ear. 
and we now have light at night time, whereas in the caveman days, and this is where our DNA hasn't evolved with the way that we've changed our lifestyle so quickly. Um, so we were exposed to, you know, televisions and light and artificial light and fluorescent light and horrible lots of light. Mm. Uh, at night time, when our bodies are producing the hormones to go to sleep, your melatonin and things like this, um, I... I if if we even go back, like I've just been reading a book by T.S. Wiley on hormonal health for women and so on, and she talks about the fact that back in the old days when we were only governed by moonlight, mm. all women cycled at the same time. And I was like, wow. Mm. So we used to be all in sync with the moon and, and, and like wow. how much light ha- has. massive male camping trips at around certain <laughs> times of the, the month there. <laughs> yeah, We're exactly. Out We're out of here. But isn't that interesting that we, yeah. used to, we used to be completely governed, and this is, you know, back in yep. the caveman days, by those cycles of day and night. And now yep. we're, we're so, um, you know, bombarded with other types of light that our, all of our cycles yeah. have now become individual cycles. That, that light exposure, that's a, that's a massive one. That's a, that's a great point because we used to have real light and real dark. Mm. So if I'm looking outside now, it's a pretty sunny day here. Um, so light's measured in what the unit's called lux. And a lux mm-hmm. is the amount of light put out by a candle when it's one meter away from you. So that's oh, one lux. Okay. So yeah. um, if you're looking at moonlight, we'll go with moonlight. Moonlight is around maybe 0.5 to one lux. So it's a, it's a very light amount of light. Well, wow. It's a very small amount of night. Yeah. So, but if, if I'm looking at a room, let's say you're um, soft lighting in a, in a bedroom, that's 50 lux. Wow. So, so 50 if you're times sitting in your, yeah, you're in your dark room, that's not a dark room. That's 50 lux. And what's happening now is with all the artificial light, and um, for, for me, I live in the suburbs, so yeah. um, my neighbours have their light on. It, it, it puts a, you know, I can, if I walk outside, I'll see that. Yeah. So we're not exposed to real dark. Our dark's not dark. Right. If we flip it the other way too, our light's not light. So I'm looking outside at the moment. I've probably got 50,000 lux of natural sunlight out there. If I'm sitting in an office, though, I've probably got 300 lux. So when I'm in day sitting in my light, I'm not sitting in real light. And when I'm at night, I'm not sitting in real dark. So now we have that, you know, that 50 shades of gray thing going on, that that, that movie. We've got that all the time. So we're not seeing real dark and real light. Some of the people that are probably, well, hopefully um, watching, listening to to our interview today, um, they may get up in the morning. It may be dark where they are too. They might flick on a light bulb, okay? Yeah. They'll, they'll hop in their car. They'll go to their office underground. They'll go into their office where they'll sit in their, their, their cubicle all day yep. with their fluorescent with light. fluorescent light, yeah. Um, they can't get out for lunch because they're busy. They'll come home. By then, it might be getting a bit dark too. They'll go and they'll sit in front of their TV. So they get no exposure to real dark or real light. Yeah. And boy, you know, that is the foundation for how our body operates. You get that wrong, you mess that up, um, you can get a whole range of interesting symptoms. Every system wow. in, in well, every cell in your body is affected by that. So yeah. where, it, where it goes, nobody knows, but it's not going to be good. No, and this is, and, and it affects so many systems. Like we have, you know, our hormonal system, as I, as I mentioned before, oh, we've got absolutely. our melatonin production in our eyes. Um, and, and also the fact that like that's getting to the, you know, uh, the subject of, of why sunlight's important. And we've all been told, like, you know, don't put sunscreen on and make sure you're covered up when you go out in the sun and so on. And that is actually, we're not giving enough vitamin D. I mean, everyone knows that we produce vitamin D when we go out into the sunshine, but I don't think people know how important vitamin D and all of the processes. It's actually a pro-hormone, they're calling it now, not a vitamin because it affects so many parts of the body and so many organs. Everything from your, your mood, which we do understand that it, you know, that produces that seasonal um, disorder, um, but it also like is is a, is the building block, one of the building blocks of your hormones, of your yep. your uh, your mood, and, and, and you know all Absolutely. of these things are being affected. Even your bone health, you know, like vitamin D is one of those crucial things, um, and we can supplement with vitamin D. And I think for a lot of people, that's yep. a great thing to be doing if you can't get the normal amount of sunlight. Yep. Um, and I was reading about sun again, though, isn't it? You yeah, know? But yeah, we need to actually go outside and get yep. sun on our ice and Absolutely. sun on our skin what yes. actually happens when we go out 
and we get that sunlight because I used to wear sun, well, I still do most of the time because I've got very sensitive eyes to light. So I've been wearing my sunglasses forever and a day outside. Yep. Why is it important that I take my sunglasses off sometimes? So what I would normally recommend, particularly for people who have sleep problems, is they get some real sunlight in their eyes, particularly in that first half of the day. So yep. that morning sun. So that's the most important time. So when that light comes through, so light's made of a whole lot of different colors. So all the colors of the rainbow, the Arroyo Jabib thing. But particularly uh, daylight or, or, or uh, real, real light is very high in blue light. Mm-hmm. When that comes through, it goes through your eyes and there's some photo, there's some uh, photosensitive uh, ganglion cells. So there's some, some specific yep, cells in your ganglion. eyes, yeah. which uh, right in your retina there, oh, which, okay. um, which sends signals to your master clock in your brain, which mm-hmm. then sends signals out to the rest of your body, letting you know what time it is. Wow. So that morning sun, so sunglasses, I've got no problems with sunglasses if you're out in the sun all day, but getting up, you know, being in sunglasses all day, that's going to do you a disservice. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, they'll, ideally you want some, some real light in your eyes, particularly yep. 15 minutes is great. You know, 30 is probably great. better, but 15 is better. Even five minutes better than nothing. Right. So if you are struggling with sleep, even if you can eat your breakfast outside or get a little bit of a walk in from your car to the office or around the block, getting some real sunlight, that will help your brain distinguish, okay, this is daytime. Yeah, real daylight. Then if you can get some real dark, okay, then your brain can start thinking, okay, now I understand what time of day it is so wow. I can start getting my cycles right. Wow, that's that's powerful stuff, and then and then so many knock on effects for our health when oh. we do that when we do it wrong, and and you know like what what um, I'm working with a few different people who are unfortunately in hospital at the moment with you know various problems, um, the lights in the hospital yeah. like oh. we, we we're sticking our sickest most vulnerable yep. people under these horrific lights that are going yep. all night. I mean, of course the nurses need to move around and, yep. and, and see, so it's a bit of a I don't know how to fix the problem. Yeah. Geez, how do you repair? So, so those got- fluoro, so fluoro and LED lights are particularly high in blue light too. Yeah. So when you're in those hospitals, um, Changi Airport is, is another place if you, well, yeah. which I'm obviously yeah. not here at the moment, but I go in there and the amount of light in that place is wow. ridiculous. And you're yeah. often there at 3 a.m. in the morning and traveling yeah. between places. You know, those light signals are incredibly strong. And wow. that's effectively that blue light coming from those lights there is telling your brain that it's it's middle of the day. So I always think about the nurses that that work in those places too. That's yeah. a you know that's a real health hazard for them. Oh, so unfortunately, absolutely. we've got all these lights in our houses now too. So LED lights um, are very energy efficient, but also extremely extremely powerful. So you've got a whole lot of intensity, but also very very high in blue light. The old school um, filament light light bulbs uh, are very low in blue light. So the old school lights, wow. although they okay. burn more energy, were actually far better for your health. For your health. Wow. Um, so, so these downlight type lights, things, no good. Yeah, no, wow. not unfortunately not. And that's where your, your candle lights really great too. And, you know, when we were thinking back to our roots, and this is, you know, if we look in the past to find out how we need to kind of operate um, yep. for our health today, um, you know, fire is, is also very low in blue light. So sitting around a fire is actually very calming. doesn't wake you up uh, unless you're sitting too close to the fire. Yeah. But um, yeah. candlelight's and a great And getting the heat and, yeah. yeah. And that, you know, like um, just on that, you know, um, a change of temperature just before you go to bed is also another good sleep yes, hack. absolutely. Um, warmth, you know, this is why when you when you increase the warmth or, what, um, or even cold actually, well, as long as you change the, the temperature that yep. you've been and it signals to your body, oh, there's a change coming, it's time to go to sleep. Yeah. So that's another little trick and, you know, why probably sitting around the fire that didn't have blue light and that would help you go go and not off afterwards that, that idea of sleep routines is just fantastic and yep. you know and you know having a good sleep routine is fantastic and we, we do this with our kids we're, we're great at it you know yeah okay we're, we're going to get ready to go to bed now okay we'll brush your teeth now we're going to do a story here okay we're going to put on your bedside lamp we'll turn the light down and we'll go to sleep but when we're adults we kind of forget about that and you go oh okay i'll, I'll yep. watch till the end of this program here and it might yep. be one bed one time you'll go to bed might be 9 p.m. Next one, it's 11.30. It's all over the show. We don't do that with our kids. No. And we, we forget about those routines. And part of that is, um, is light. Light's a big part of that. That's the most important part of your sleep routine is yep. getting your light source right. 
That's that's exactly right. And this is why, like, so you learned this, and then you said, right, I'm going to go and buy some blue light blocking glasses. And I did that too. And, um, you know, you go on the internet, you you Google up somewhere on Etsy or or eBay or somewhere, and you buy something. And what did you find with those glasses? Yeah. Um, so actually, one of the, I know we um, a previous speaker you had on was talking about sleep apnea, and I have yes. positional sleep apnea. Yep. So look, I've always thought I slept pretty well, but yep. when I started working on my sleep apnea and my breathing, boy, I went to another level, and I got quite excited about it. And, and once I found out it was blue light and the effects that have, I thought, man, I've got to get that right. So exactly, exactly the same as you, I went out and I, I bought about 20 pairs of glasses <laughs> from, from all sorts of people. And then when I did my research there, I, I found out, okay, I need to find out about transmission spectrum or in other words, what colors or what, what frequencies of light we're blocking uh, with those glasses. So every pair of glasses that I bought, I emailed the manufacturer and said, tell me about your glasses, okay, what transmission spectrum are they and what have they been tested? Most of them never even got back to me and wow. the ones that did had absolutely no idea what, what, what the users were doing. Wow. So I started thinking, well, come on, this can't be right. And it didn't seem to matter what price I paid for those glasses either. Uh-huh. Even some of the, the so-called blue light glasses websites, they had no idea or no data supporting what they were actually doing. So what you were getting was all over the show. Sometimes I'd actually find I'd get the same pair of glasses from, from two different manufacturers and they were the same pair of glasses, but they were totally different. They had totally <laughs> different stats on them. All the lenses were different colors and they said they were the same. So it's all bullshit, in other words. Absolutely. So (laughs) here's an example of one I got here, and I'll just put that. This is what a a typically a blue light glass looks like. Yeah. It's got a slight orange tinge to it, Mm -hmm. and that blocks certain colors. So particularly the blue is the color we want to block. And what that does is that takes away the signal to our brain that it's, it's, it's daylight. So the idea with blue light blocking glasses is to tell your brain, you wear them at night to tell your brain that it's, it's not daytime. So, that was a so-called blue light blocking. There's a cheap pair. I think uh-huh. that was maybe oh, maybe 40 bucks or something off yep. some internet site. And that's mine. And, and oh, if we have gosh. a look at the difference in color, yeah. apparently they block the same amount of light. Wow. They no, don't. they're completely different no, looking. No, they don't because I actually ended up getting an optometry lab um, to produce mine because I got so disappointed with the quality of, of glasses. And I thought, there's no way I'm going to wear these myself. And if I shouldn't wear them, why the hell would I ask other people to wear them? Yeah, and it's so, really hard as a lay person. Oh, you, you read yeah. the, the advertising material and you, you know that the science is correct, like the, the, yep. you know, what we've been saying about it, and it makes sense to you. And then you go and buy some and then you're disappointed because it's not doing – well, you don't notice. You just think I'm doing it right and, I, and I've got it right and I haven't. So yep. now you've got these available. So um, I will be putting uh, the links, of course, to, to your glasses and – uh, in the show notes, um, but just let us know where we can, can we grab your glasses from? Yep. So holistic movement coaches, they my company. So it's H M with a dash coach.com mm-hmm. and they are available in the store there. Cool. And I'm sure if we ask Lisa nicely, she might put a coupon code in for you. Yes, yes, I'm well, definitely – we're going to no. do that, we're, and I'll put that in the show notes. So I'd actually like to list them up on our site and drop, you know, Excellent. like yeah, so that people have them available. So, yeah, you either go to Dave's website or my website and you'll be able to, to grab those ones. We'll, we'll sort that out afterwards. Um, so, okay. Actually, so, Lisa, you were talking about melatonin before, yes. and that's one of the things that got me really excited when I started looking at, at the glasses. Mm-hmm. And there was one study that, that kind of I looked at and went, wow, that's amazing. And they had two groups of people. One had uh, a clear lens and the other one had a blue light blocking uh, glasses lens. And the, it was good quality lens. It was pretty much the same as mine. Yep. And they showed their melatonin levels creeping up during the night. And that's what should happen. So melatonin is, is it's basically a, a hormonal signal for dark. Mm-hmm. It's your body's way of saying it's dark. And those levels creep up um, as soon as it starts getting dark. And they were going the same um, until what happened is the blue light blocking glasses guys had a much higher level of melatonin yep. than the ones that were wearing the clear lenses. So since they were in a, they were in a, a room, which is about 150 lux, which is a, uh, an average lounge. Yep. So um, the blue light blocking glass folks had a much higher melatonin level. So they were getting the appropriate signal. 
But what was interesting though was after they went to sleep in the morning, the folks that blocked blue light had less melatonin first thing in the morning. Well, that's to, a good thing, isn't it? Absolutely. Because yeah. the last thing, when you're awake, you don't want melatonin running around and your body. Still that's just, yeah. So they wake up drowsy. So typically people who don't block blue light will f- struggle to get to sleep because they're not getting that chemical message from melatonin that it's dark. But then in the morning, they get stuck with that excess melatonin and find it hard to get going. Wow. So if you're one of those folks that struggle to get to sleep and also struggle to get going in the morning, yeah. That exposure to light could be a, a really big factor. And this, and the melatonin and the cortisol are related. And I'm, I'm not an expert yep. on this, but I, I started taking because I was having trouble uh, sleeping, melatonin tablets, you know, um, supplements. And I was, you know, it was good. I was sleeping much better. Yep. Um, then I did a um, blood test, and I'm not quite sure, you know, that. But my, my doctor rang me up in a bit of a panic, going, you know, your melatonin levels are ten thousand times too high, yeah. um, uh, and. Um, your your blood, I think your serum levels or whatever, it's not, you know, actually ten thousand, but it was a it was a lot higher. And I had uh, no cortisol, like when because they, they did a cortisol test, and I don't know whether it was related to the melatonin or not. But since stopping the melatonin and implementing some other things, to be fair, um, my cortisol levels are now back at, yeah. at the top end of normal range. So now the top end, but um, so it's a bit of a. Uh, 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 so you're just taking a supplement of melatonin um, can be a good thing, but you have to be a little bit careful with that as yeah, well. Melatonin's a, a strange one, and I used to recommend people to take melatonin once upon yeah. a time, but you know, melatonin is the only hormone that you can buy across the counter or yeah. even online and get it shipped to you. Yeah. I mean, imagine doing that with testosterone or, or any other hormones you've got in your body. It's, it's, it's a strange one and yeah. it's very unregulated. So when you get a melatonin, if you're taking a pill or a capsule or drops, the dose you get is often very different from the dose that you experience in your body too. So it, it's very unregulated. So it's, it's a little bit tricky with the brand mm. you're using. Mm. Now, what you found there, Lisa, and you're a perfect example of that is your levels went sky high because Often what happens is melatonin builds up and and, it, and production peaks around the middle of your sleep cycle. Uh-huh. So if you were went to bed at 10 and woke up at 6, halfway through that would be about 2 a.m. Yep. So that's when your melatonin levels are really cranking. But when you take a melatonin before you go to sleep, you're going to get that peak very, very early as well. Uh-huh. So now you're going to get a hormonal message, which is in the wrong time of that cycle too. So uh-huh. that can still set up some some little issues there. And if you're getting crazy high levels of that, um, you know, that can cause you some issues. And this was only uh-huh. one tablet, little wee tiny tablet. Oh, yeah. So it wasn't, you know, like overdosing or anything. And yeah. then the cortisol, which is your a stress hormone, but it's one we want in the morning. Absolutely. Was in the gutter. So I was yep. like waking up like, oh my God, do I yeah. have to get out of bed? Because I don't want you like, there's just no get up and go. And it was yep. just sheer grit to You'll get up. Flood with melatonin yep. at that time there. And you know, you did right. Cortisol is you get up and go in the morning. Yep. So melatonin should plummet in the morning because it's, it's no longer dark. It's time to get up. Yep. Cortisol levels, it should be the highest there to get you out of bed. So you start playing around with that system um, by introducing uh, you know, foreign Supplements, substances yeah. in there, you know, you, you can get some varied results, which you, may not you be the one. You want to do it under controlled um, if you're going to yeah. do it, you know. And, hey, great that you're measuring it too, though. Uh, that's, yeah. you know, unless you know what's working for you and what's not working for you. Yeah, and I mean, unfortunately, we can't go and get a, you know, cortisol test every week or a, you know, blood test every week. So it's always a, a, a you know, a, a time and point. Yeah. Um, but, you know, and when you – because I've, you know, struggled for a long time with, with adrenal insufficiency. Surprise, mm. surprise. Um, <laughs> and, you know, a lot of people have high cortisol, whereas I was like no cortisol, yeah. like not producing any hormones of any sort <laughs> for yeah. everything in the gutter and wondering why, why when I'm training my ass off, things aren't working, you know. Mm. Um, and, and starting to, you know, over the last couple of years, starting to unravel that, mess and and get it back and it's not a it's not easy and it's 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 hard and of course when you're going through the change changes in life anyway and you've got all that going on but we i'm um 
you know, we can optimize this if we, if we, if we learn enough, if we get the right doctors, if we get the right support in this and getting our hormones right so that we stay in the best and the optimal ranges, I think is, um, but you do need to do that under the auspices of a good, hopefully a functional doctor, because you don't want to be playing around with these things willy nilly, you know, even melatonin, even though you can buy it over the counter. Yep. can have um, adverse effects. Um, so I think, so, you know, as a culture, we're always looking for that quick fix or that pill. Always. <laughs> you know, I think I think melatonin is like step 42 in my yep. ways of getting better sleep. Yep. Um, yeah, that's so, a good way of putting it. It is, it it is this, one of the tools in the kit, yeah. but um, it, it needs to be done in a regulated fashion and it needs to be done a little bit carefully. And there are other things, lower hanging fruit, the natural way oh. is always a, a better way if we can well put. Yeah. do it. Yeah, and, and look, we like locking glasses aren't, aren't the be all and end all. Certainly, you know, if you can sleep in a dark room, I love that temperature, the idea of temperature you had before, get your yeah. temperature right in your room. Uh, if you can dim your lights as well and try and keep away from bright lights at night, that's going to help. And look, something's better than nothing. Yeah. But, um, you know, certainly if, if you are really struggling with your sleep and you want to get that back on track, working with light and dark is number the number one thing I work with with sleep disturbances. That's the first thing I'll look at. Yeah, absolutely. And and then, I mean, we had that lovely uh, interview last week with Jez Morris on the show. Um, it might be a couple of weeks back by the time people hear this. And that's a really important one too to go and, and understand. Because, you know, like someone like you, you said you have positional sleep apnea. Yeah. Um, you know, you're extremely fit and extremely, you know, uh, into health. And most people equate apnea with people who are overweight to people who drink too much, people who, you know, have diabetes perhaps or, or those sort of comorbidities. Um, how did you discover it, if you don't mind sharing, and sure. what do you have to be on a CPAP machine or are you just doing no. the um, no, I've got things? mild sleep apnea. Yeah, so I can, I which can a lot away. of us will have, by the way. Absolutely. So yeah. I've always been a snorer. My yeah. father's a snorer. My brother's a snorer. Yeah. Um, so, and it comes down to airway. So, yeah. When you sleep, part of sleeping is, is relaxation, and that's where the repair happens. And that's why we spend a third of our we're back from a third of our life there. But um, when you when you're relaxing, part of the issue too is that your your the muscles around your um, your jaw relax as well. So if you're lying on your back, in particularly, what that means is the tongue can come back and it can block the airway. Yeah. Your airway is only about as thick as a, a straw. It's a wow. it's a very small thing. So. Yeah. Uh, particularly if you have a, a jaw that doesn't sit very full, if you don't have a, yeah, a, a big jutting full jaw, and unfortunately I don't. Square jaw. Yeah, yep, <laughs> <You> do. <laughs> it, my, my jaw comes back and it shuts off my airway. Wow. And um, effectively it's like someone smothering me in the night. Yeah, yeah. So that, that causes snoring, but also um, it can totally block my airway and wake me up. So um, I Which ended is up again measuring. disturbing your sleep. Yeah, so I ended up measuring a lot of sleep and I looked into measuring sleep. I did that for mm. looking at every device under the sun and, um, I tend to use this one here called a night shift. Oh, okay. Uh, you, you can see on the picture there, you can actually put it around your neck. Oh, is the idea. And that's a medical sure. grade um, sleep, sleep measuring device without people going into a sleep lab. It's the, the best um, the best device you use. And so oh, you know, here we go. You just pop it around your neck. For the husband. Off you go. Um, <laughs> and basically what I ended up doing is, is measuring my own sleep, then hundreds of people after that then teaching lots of people how to do that and um, how to analyze that and figure out what's going on with people's sleep. Where and, can we get those, you know, uh, by chance? It's, it's a medical one, so they're, they're oh, not easy get, to get by. Okay, I'll um, go and see so, Jez and see, because that, that would be, because not everybody wants a full-blown no. sleep study in a CPAP machine. Yeah, so but, what, what we actually do with um, my guys and holistic movement coaches that I train, they're actually trained to actually, we actually hire them out. We get people to actually collect the data. They send them back to us, and then we actually take them through what their data means. So wow. you've, got your, you've got your watches that you can wear, which, you know, which can you know, give you some sleep, some sleep some, information. Yeah. That's called yep. actigraphy. And the idea is you put your watch on your wrist. When you move your wrist, it means you're awake. When you're you're not moving, you're asleep. That's probably a little bit too simplistic. Yeah, that's kind of like looking at, you know, looking at the 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 speedo on your car, saying, okay, that's how my car's running. There's a lot yeah. more going on on the surface yeah, than just that one reading. Yeah. So what a what a what a sleep study does, and what they do in a sleep lab is they'll put um, leads onto your head, looking at your brain activity. They'll look at your breathing. They'll look at your heart rate. They'll look at movement. So the movement, the actigraphy part's only one small part of it. So what a 
what a night shift does is it actually attaches around your neck because if you're moving your your neck with well, that device on the back of your neck, you're awake. Yep. So it's much more accurate for a start. But it also measures snoring as well, mm-hmm. so snoring volume and also uh, any position you're in. So what I found is when I'm lying on my back, well, that's the time when my airway is most said last week. Yeah, yeah. That's so random. when I'm lying on my side, it's not so bad. Yeah. So, um, and there's also a setting on there where you can actually get it to buzz you when you're on your back. So you can use it to retrain to sleep on your side, which is what I did. Wow. Okay. So uh, I'll be really interested. Maybe we can um, talk afterwards where, where I could uh, get what, cause you like, um, I've, you know, got Jez as a friend and so on. um, But uh, convincing your father or your husband to go and have a full on sleep study is one thing and they won't do it. That's what we found as well. Yeah. So, and if I'm going to measure something, if I'm going to do something, I want to do it the best I can. Yeah. And certainly, in, um, look, the aura ring is also pretty good. Yeah. Again, aura is on your hand. So you move your hand around, right. it kind of gives you some misleading data. Yeah. So um, the, the night shift is the most accurate way I've found of measuring sleep in the home. That sounds and that's great because awesome. if you want to change sleep, I mean, measure it so you can you know, measure it to manage it. Absolutely. There's also some questionnaires, which I'd really recommend. And we get our guys to fill those in as well, because we want to kind of find out how they're feeling as well. And also getting an idea of their sleep habits, but there's no lying. Um, the amount of data that comes out of that is incredible. And I've, I've had some people, you know, really change their sleep habits around once they see what's going on. Oh gosh. Yeah. When you put and, them under the data, because yeah. everyone's like, ah, I'm okay. But I was yeah. like, you know, and I probably shouldn't say this, but I was, you know, listening to my husband sleep the other day and he, like, he stopped breathing for like three minutes. Yeah. I got, the, I actually got the thing out and I timed wow. him and I was like, holy crap, he's not, yeah. you know, and then he would go back onto his side and then he would, you know, yeah. do that. And I was like, oh, 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 and he's not overweight and he's fit yep. and he's, you know, like he's, he's like, how can, how can I have a problem? You know, um, so I'll, I'll talk to you after this thing, but yes. can people virtually contact you and, and, and um, do that or does it have to be an in-person thing? No, we, we do that remotely. Way? So the idea is, you know, you don't have to come and sit in the lab and get hooked up with 100 leads you around your head. You can send that out for a bit. No, we send it out. You wear it. We get a couple of nights data to yep. make sure we've got a reasonable, yep. we want a reasonable, um, a, 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 if there's such a thing as an average night's sleep. Yeah. You have some questionnaires as well. You send that back to us. We get all the data off it. And then we remotely, we take you through and go, okay, here's what's happening with your sleep here. And wow. here's some of the patterns you've got. And just like you'd have a training program for your running, yeah. uh, we have one for sleep as well. So you can get your sleep more on track. I'm doing that. I'm, yeah. get, I'm getting that for the family. Oh. <laughs> we, you know, like um, the reason I had sleep um, apnea and, and jizz on last week was because it saved my mum's life. It's that oh. important. You yeah. know, when you have a stroke, especially, you need to get a, a proper yeah. full-blown, you know, sleep test done. If you've had a brain injury, it's this is something that's really, really under um, known. It's just not known that this is yeah. a problem uh, in the general uh, medical world. Um, and I'm like, that's why, like, I do not believe my mum would be alive if I had not got a sleep apnea machine mm. and got a CPAP machine. That was the first step. But there's a lot of really good healing that goes on in sleep and particularly around the brain. So, you know, there's a lot of places where they, where you're, the, the little cells are going around cleaning up all the debris there, cleaning yes. out the brain, the also cleaning out the psyche as well. Yep. So, you know, if, if you can optimize sleep there, boy, you're going to make such a big impact on, on people's health and particularly if they've had um, central nervous system damage. Yes. In fact, that was one of the – when I first put these glasses out, I, I actually gave a talk um, to a group of physiotherapists, and um, some of them were working specifically with concussion, and they looked at the stuff and they went, holy cow, yeah, can, we trial these and, yeah. can we trial these and, and with our, our patients? And I said, yeah, of course you can. And they just got back to me and said, wow, the difference that's making yeah. is incredible because – you know, think about when you get central nervous system damage, it's hard to filter in all that information that's coming at you. And if you're getting abnormal light signals all the time, particularly at night, um, that's another stress your body has to play with. So often they were getting some great results with people sleeping better, feeling a lot better, particularly with concussion types um, and, and head injuries. Uh, by using blue light blocking glasses. Yeah, and this is why you know we're having this conversation because this is going to go in my new course on brain optimization and longevity because yep. this is a big piece of the puzzle for people who have suffered, whether it's strokes or concussions or, uh, you know, even for people who have 
um, vascular problems like dementia or Alzheimer's, I think is oh. all foundational health things that we need to be addressing yeah. and those people especially. And sleep is the, you know, that is, that is a, the, the foundation of our healing, our self-healing. So you get that right, you know, that, that's, that's money for jam. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. Um, we're yeah. all looking for these fancy things and these fancy know. programs. We've got and... an inbuilt system. Yeah. We've got all these inbuilt systems. We just need to use them and tap into them. So what you've got, you've got those sleep cycles, which I'm, I'm sure has been covered elsewhere, but you've got your non-REM and your REM sleep. Yep. So your REM sleep is when you're, you're, they notice that your eyes were moving a lot, but that's the one where you get your dreams a lot more. Mm-hmm. So that what happens, you get cycles of non-REM and REM sleep throughout yep. your night. Mm-hmm. When when you first go to bed, your non-REM cycles are longer than your REM cycles. But as those and those cycles repeat over and over again, uh, as you keep into your sleep, by the time you're getting closer to morning, your REM sleep are the bigger parts of the cycle. Mm-hmm. Now, the non-REM sleep is really important for physical repair. So uh-huh. if you've got if you've got some if you've got clients uh, who are ill or have physical illness, that's really important. They get to bed early and make the most of those those in REM cycles. So they need those big long cycles at the start because if you go to bed really late, you're going to miss some of those longer uh, in REM sleep cycles. I knew that, but I didn't know why. Yeah, like I knew that that was when the physical healing is yeah. and the psychological healing sort of stuff is later on. But I didn't that's understand right. why. So thanks so, for doing yeah, that. Yeah, that's that's right. So you, you've also if you if you have got a lot of emotional stress going on, and you may have both as well, that's where it's really important to make sure you're not getting up at four a.m. in the morning. Yeah, because you're missing that you're missing that that in that that REM sleep, which helps clean out all those emotions there, the stress you've got going on, um, and also consolidate a lot of learning processes as well. So both those cycles are really important, and respecting um, where you are and which ones you need uh, is a big determinant on probably how you should be kind of using your sleep as well. And that's like, um, so short-term memory processing would be done in that phase too, so that you're actually putting the stuff that you learned yesterday into the filing cabinet, so to speak. Yeah, that's right. Tidying it up in the library and uh, yeah, putting, making putting sure it's not lost in, yeah. in the mess, um, which is what happens. And when we when we go to sleep, we have this. Um, what what scientists have only recently discovered, from what I understand, is that our brain actually shrinks in size, and the cerebral spinal fluid comes in and does a brain wash, yeah. so to speak. Yeah. And gets rid of the amyloid plaques. and So we have these beta amyloid plaques, which you may have heard from people who have Alzheimer's. And one of the the risk factors for people getting developing Alzheimer's over time, over a long period of time, is uh, poor sleep um, because they're not washing out these these beta amyloid plaques. Every chronic disease and inflammatory process, sleep will have an effect on. Wow. Every single one. That is, and so, and, and, I mean, I'm just doing the section in the, the brain optimization longevity course on uh, inflammation, and people yep. do not get the concept, and I didn't for a long time either. What the heck? I, mean, I had this conversation with my mum yesterday because I teach her all the stuff as I'm learning stuff, and she's going, But I'm not inflamed. And, uh, you have chronic disease, you have inflammation. Yeah, and I said, you don't feel this <laughs> type of inflammation, Ma. Yeah. This is on the inside. This is the endothelial linings of your vessels. This is uh, from the brain injury, the, the mixing of the blood in the brain and causing inflammation. You don't feel that. It's not like, because we all often think that inflammation, oh, that's when I've cut my hand and I've got that red thing around the cut mm, that's yep. inflammation yep. no that that is inflammation too but that's yep. not the type of inflammation we're talking about and we're talking about systemic inflammation and and there are so many aspects to lowering inflammation in our body and sleep is a big piece of that Absolutely. puzzle as we've just heard and the right nutrition for your body mm. uh the right amount of exercise for your body at the right times and all these things can help lower the inflammation levels in our systems and, and inflammation is the the cause of so many degenerative diseases, which are our biggest killers, you know. Absolutely. Heart attacks or heart disease, diabetes, Alzheimer's, cancers even, all of these things have their root. One of their main things is in the inflammation processes going on in the body. So if we can lower our inflammation, if we can look after our mitochondria, which are the little battery packs in our each one of our cells, and help them produce more energy efficiently and not you know, doing mutating their DNA and things like that because of the inflammation, because of the, the, the free radicals and so on. Um, and you know, this is a topic for another 10 sessions, but 
that then we have foundational health and then we can do and be a lot more for a longer period of time, you know, and, and this is, it's all, it's also interconnected. So having the right sleep and wearing your blue blocking glasses and doing all these little bits and pieces will add up to long-term health. Do you agree? Brilliant. What a great summary of, um, of health. <laughs> you went right from cellular health right through to inflammation. That, that's a really great summary. You've, you've been doing your homework, girl. Oh, man, that's I'm really just, good. for this stuff, yeah. you know, and I, and I just wish I had more brain power. And I'm, you know, I'm well. determined to optimize my brain power to put more in, you know, so yeah. that you can understand more, so that you can help more. And the more you get into this world, and, I mean, that, you know, that was just a very um, – you know, simplistic overview of, of things. Uh, and we're so complex and there's so many other things to learn, you know, immune systems and, you know, God knows what. Um, but it's all pieces of the puzzle. And I think when we have the attitude, I'm, I'm going to learn about me and my health and what happens in my body because we, we spend ages, I don't get this, but we will spend ages planning our next holiday, what mm. car we're going to buy and all the details of it and we won't spend the time to actually look at what's going on in our in our health and our body because we've outsourced that to the doctor mm. and i just think that that is the biggest disaster <laughs> that we can do for ourselves you can't outsource our health to any one person we have to take ownership of our health and we have to be vigilant if we want to live long healthy lives if we don't you see the consequences you know, and, and unfortunately with, uh, you know, quite a few of the people that I get to work with are at the bottom of the cliff already, you know, yeah. you're trying to save them at a stage where it's already, the, the train's already left the station really, and yep. you're desperately trying um, to get them back. And sometimes you do, you know, but gosh, it'd be a hell of a lot easier if you're working oh, with people at the top it? of the cliff before they fall off, which is what you're doing. And, what a and, wonderful rant. Oh, I'm proud of that. <laughs> That's so good. I'm good at ranting. Yeah, me too. But I'm even sitting back here going, wow, that's impressive. That was fantastic. <laughs> oh, we could, we could probably get on our soapbox. And, um, but we're passionate about this because it, it affects people's lives. It yeah. affects people's, you know, your, people losing loved ones, people, you know, having horrific, you know, the last 20 years of your life's absolute crap because they've slowly degenerating and yeah. they've left it, their health in the hands of doctors, and this is not an indictment on doctors, don't get me wrong, but they have a, you know, a, a specific way of thinking. They have a certain amount of time to spend with them. They're under-resourced. They're under, you know, they're overworked. They've got 10 minutes with you. How the hell are they going to get well, to the base? It's about disease too. It's not about health. We're about health, which is we're about health. Side of the coin. We're on the functional side yeah. of the equation, meaning yeah. we're at the. I always say, if you know, if you get hit by a car, you don't want me standing over you going, "How was your sleep last night?" Yeah. <laughs> well, you should be wearing these glasses. In fact, you shouldn't be wearing those glasses if it's night because you don't drive glasses. But yeah, yeah. but yeah. You know, certainly, um, you know, that's that's what medicine's about, and you know, that's amazing. You know, the, the job that they've done, and I'm, yeah. I'm sure that you've experienced some amazing. Um, oh gosh, yes. Um, Mum wouldn't be alive either without absolutely. that. Absolutely. You know, without the surgeries and the the incredible surgeons that there are, and acute trauma. We don't. No, no argument. No argument yeah, here. We need the, the other chronic. side too, though, where yeah. we look at the health to to stop people getting into that state as well. So, yeah. uh, if we can um, respect respect and, and go use the best of all those worlds that'd be great yeah exactly it's let's have that and that it's oh, not yeah. an either or situation no, no, no. it's an it's a it's an and it's an and mm. situation yes. dave thank you so much for your time today you've been absolutely you know so generous and i know you do so much in the in the world and you're you're giving and teaching and so many trainers that i you know have the pleasure of meeting along the way just Everybody is one of your students, it seems. You know, I'm lucky enough to have some of the best ones, and I you know do. some of the best ones. Well, you attract good people, so yeah. you know some of those ones are around you. So I'm, I'm really pleased to hear that. Yeah. yeah, and I can't wait to do more with you in the future, and to get to hopefully some of your courses as well, because I certainly want to learn more. Um, love and I love, it. I love networking with such amazing, positive people. Dave, any last words? So people go to uh, hm-coach.com. Yep. Uh, grab the glasses. We're going to get them up on our site too if we can. Um, 
the sleep stuff, they can reach out to you just via the website or is it, can they follow you on social yep. as well? What we'll do is we'll pop something on, um, on your, sh- your show notes about that and let's get, let's get you involved in that as well so you can experience it and see how that works as well. Um, Very keen Learning about your sleep and, and what's going on there is you, know, you measure it to manage it. That's the old saying. And, um, yeah, this is an important thing to, to measure and manage, particularly if you know that maybe there's some, some room for you to grow in that area. It's definitely and certainly for my the male counterparts in my family okay. who will not listen otherwise. <laughs> <laughs> let's, so, let's put the numbers in front of them. Yeah. Exactly. And then they might, they might go, oh, okay. <laughs> so thank Fine. you very much, Dave, for your time today on, over on the Sunshine Coast. We wish you well over there. And, um, yeah, we'll see you again soon. Great. Sleep well. If after listening to this podcast you'd like to grab a really great quality pair of blue light blocking glasses from David, You can use the the code LISA at checkout at hm-coach.com. That's hm-coach.com. Use the coupon code LISA at checkout and get a discount off your pair. That's it this week for Pushing the Limits. Be sure to rate, review and share with your friends. And head over and visit Lisa and her team at lisatarmaty.com. 